want to say thanks to Jackson Therapy Partners, providing awesome adventures in patient care for physical therapists who care about where they're going. Find out more about travel physical therapy at jacksontherapy.com. This is, this is the PT Pinecast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to PT Pinecast. We bring our own crowd noise. Got to pipe in your own crowd noise. Uh, I'm physical therapist Jimmy McKay. We are broadcasting live on uh, Twitter, on uh, Facebook, on YouTube. That's where you find us on the socials. Uh, great show uh, for you tonight. Very excited. But before we get to it, man, I got into it in some great discussions about communications and marketing on an international level. We're going to have an episode in a couple of weeks because I just arranged this. Uh, but it applies to people at an international level. We were talking to someone from IFOMPT. Google that. We have so many acronyms in PT. IFOMPT, AOMPT, AOPT. We got all these acronyms. Anyway, uh, the lessons that we're going to learn in a couple of weeks, very, very applicable to people who run international organizations, clinics, or you're just a single practitioner. It doesn't matter. So we're going to get to that. Uh, kicking the show off with our friends from Practice Freedom U. That's uh, our friend Jamie Schreier. You, uh, you want to treat less and earn more and create the business you've always dreamed of? Well, that's what Practice Freedom U lets you. It's in the name, Practice Freedom U. Check them out online, Practice Freedom U. Uh, physical therapy and balance centers. If you want to open a PT practice but you don't know how, thinking about selling your practice, you should know this. On average, a private practice that joins the physical network grows more than 40%. That's higher than inflation. You want to be growing higher than inflation. Uh, if you're ready to discover how the largest network of PT private practice owners are growing and adapting to industry changes, visit them at physicalfranchise.com. That's F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L franchise.com they spell it weird physical but with an f uh, also our friends at cbdrx for you get the abcs of cbd over there cbdrx the number four the letter u it's funny when you got to say it in a podcast all right without further ado let's kick off today's episode All right, welcome to PT Podcast. I am your host, physical therapist, Shumi McKay. I like to say we have great physical therapy conversations on tap so that busy physical therapists can feel connected to their profession. That is our XYZ statement. We were talking about XYZ statements on a previous episode. Uh, you can find us on the socials at PT Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Doing a lot of stuff on YouTube now. You might want to get over there and subscribe. Uh, also, the website, ptpinecast.com. Can we share the link to the Shopify store where you can get stuff like this? Our lawyers have told me, if you're watching a live stream, if there's any resemblance from our Tumblr to a major soft drink brand, it is purely coincidental. There's just enough different here that it is not like a major soft drink, all right? Uh, we've got a really cool show for you tonight. We've got PTs becoming something else. Authors. How cool is this? I love when people take what they're good at and they kind of twist it. Uh, physical therapists, orthopedic residency graduates, and professors, and now co-authors. I'm excited when I read a book. Never mind, write a book. Uh, they recently released their book, Movers and Mentors, a real compilation of stories, thoughts, advice, ideas from over 75 legends in the field of physical therapy and movement science. Let's bring them into the studio. Tim Reynolds and Brian Gusky. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Hey, Jimmy. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Jimmy, this is great. Thanks, bud. All right. We get the hard. There's, I, I'm not known as a hard-hitting show, right? This is really the place where people want to come out and have conversations. So we get the hard questions out of the way first. So we'll start with the real, the real hard stuff. What are we drinking? Well, Jim, I am drinking a Saranac uh, beer from their spring pack called Saranac Spring Fever. Uh, have a little bit of that. I'm currently in Rochester, and it's about 35 and rainy right yeah. now. So yeah. definitely, uh, you know, fevering the spring. Rochester's a great town, though. Uh, they do a lot of festivals up there in the summer when it's good. Like when the weather's good in Rochester, the weather is good in mm -hmm. Rochester. And when it is bad, it is bad. Yes. Yeah. They're high, high highs and low lows for That's sure. It. All yeah. right. So going with the New York beer, uh, Brian, Tim, what do you got there? I got to represent uh, Ithaca. So I'm drinking an Ithaca Beer Co. We got an apricot wheat. So a nice little beverage to finish out the day. There you go. Our, You're fancy. Uh, I just, 
I bought a 12er of this. I love Kona. I've never actually been to Kona or Hawaii, but it's the big wave uh, golden ale. Cheers to you all. Thanks for coming on the show, gentlemen. Thanks for uh, thanks for being here. Uh, first round brought to you by our friends from Owens Recovery Science. They're a single source for PTs looking for certification and personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training. And the equipment you need to apply it properly in your clinical practice. Find them online, owensrecoveryscience.com. And if you really... If you really want to get deep, they have their own podcast. It is easy to find because they call it the Owens Recovery Science Podcast. Very smart marketers over there. Like, we'll, ju we'll just call it the Owens Recovery Science uh, Podcast. Oh, and Juliet, producer Juliet, you're taking you're taking the Owens course this Sunday, this coming Sunday. I want a full report because we've been talking about we've had them as sponsors for like five years, and now we're finally. I was like, I'll keep I'll take the class when it comes closer to me. I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> All right. So I mentioned in the intro, guys, that I am excited and I pat myself on the back when I read a book. I, I mean, I can't stop talking about it when I finish a book. You guys were like big one uppers. You went and wrote a book. So first, let's talk about you because the audience has to know who you are and more than the intro that I gave you. And then we'll go into to, to the book and, and why you did it and what's inside. Does that sound cool? Yeah, it sounds All right. great. Brian, since you started talking about your beer first, we'll start with you. Like, what's your superhero uh, backstory? Oh, superhero backstory. Uh, well, originally from Utica, hence the Saranac uh, beer that, that I am uh, enjoying tonight. Uh, currently in Rochester, I practice in an outpatient ortho orthopedic setting at the University of Rochester. Nice. Um, Tim and I uh, graduated from Ithaca College in 2014 and then did a orthopedic residency in 2015 together through Cuyahoga Medical Center at Ithaca. Uh, so that was a one-year program. And then uh, shortly after that, I moved to Rochester, and I've been practicing with the University of Rochester ever since. And we'll, I'm sure we'll dive into the book, so we'll, we'll talk more about that. I was this close. I was accepted at Nazareth. I was going to go to Nazareth. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah and our, the, only reason, the only reason I didn't was because I, I got it in D.C., and I'd never lived in D.C., and I had listened, lived in western New York, so I was like, I want to try something different. But I did love Nazareth. Yeah, yeah. Well, probably something about those low lows that we were mentioning uh, before. With the yeah, you know, I didn't want to. I don't want to knock, knock Naz, but you know, no, it's a beautiful. We actually collaborate with them uh, in our residency program. Yeah, beautiful yeah. campus. Yeah. All right, yeah. Tim. What about you? He mentioned uh, a little bit. Brian mentioned a little bit of your story, but hit me. Yeah, so I'm an Ithaca College grad as well, 2014 with Brian, but uh, I'm originally from the Hudson Valley. So uh, near, where at near, <clears throat> near Poughkeepsie, New York? Where at? Uh, I was born in Rhinebeck. Rhinebeck, yeah. I mean, I, I'm from Montgomery, town of Montgomery. Dude, welcome to 845. Yeah, the great 45 is nice. There you go. There you go. He um, let me know, like, since I left, I was like, they call it the great 45. I was like, oh, I'm going to write that down. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, 845 uh, was my, my origin story. And then uh, went to Ithaca College, finished up there, did the orthopedic residency program with Brian, and then went and did a spine fellowship program for two years at the Cuyahoga Medical Pro, uh, Center as well. Um, once I got done with that, I was still doing full-time clinical practice and I was doing full-time academia. Um, I teach at Ithaca college and, uh, recently in the past two years made the transition to full-time, uh, full-time academia. I teach at uh, anatomy physiology, and then I do some part-time clinical work still. And if you're watching a live stream, we got some really cool artwork. Yeah. Anatomy art yeah. artwork on the wall behind there. That's like, a pretty, we actually just did an episode with um, Sandy Arthur, who is a, a chiropractor, but she's also an artist. And she does like this really cool, like that, like the stuff like that, like behind you, like she does like really cool inspired uh, anatomy art. Well, all right, guys, welcome to the show. We got your backstories, but a book is a big undertaking. Again, I pat myself on the back a lot and I can't wait to tell how many people I just read a book, an entire book a chapter book is what I tell people that you guys said, we're going to write a book. So it's, it, it always goes back to, well, what was that moment where one of you said to the other, or you guys were probably having beers, uh, maybe having beers. And you said, <laughs> Hey, here's an idea for a book. And then you couldn't find a reason not to do it. I'm guessing. And then you did it. So like, where, where's the story begin? Uh, yeah. So I think beers were involved actually, as a matter of fact, or maybe the, the remnants of, of beers, Tim and I were, um, we're going through one of our Cayuga Medical Center residency courses together uh, and, you know, kind of in a blurred state on one Saturday or Sunday, we had courses uh, for a weekend once a month. And uh, yeah, in one of our, our blurred states, after taking in a lot of content and probably going out the night before, um, we came up with this idea for the book. We were both uh, coincidentally reading uh, Tools of Titans by Timothy Ferris. Tim Ferris, yep. Yep. And we really liked the model of that book, the interview style, kind of forum style book. So uh, 
we saw a lot of recurring names coming up in the content that we were we were consuming and the articles that we were reading, like Shirley Sarman, Brian Mulligan, Peter O'Sullivan, uh, John Childs. You know, the the list goes on. And uh, and I looked at Tim and I said, wouldn't it be cool if we had a, a book like like Tim is doing with you know Tony Robbins and Brene Brown? If we had a book like that, but applied to kind of our our niche of being physical therapy and more specifically orthopedics. And, uh, and we're like, yeah, that actually would be pretty cool. So we kicked the idea around for uh, a couple of years. And then in what, 10, 2018, I think we started putting together the emails and put together our, our dream team list, if you will. Yeah. And then uh, started sending out emails shortly after that. So, so I had the same idea for this book. And the only reason I can say that, because people are always like, I had that idea too. I said it on a podcast. So it's like, it's there. Like it's, we can find it. <laughs> but because it's such a, like, Tim Ferriss is, uh, uh, um, what is it? Tools of Titans. And he's got another one. Uh, Tribe, Tribe, Mentors. Tribe of Mentors. Tribe of Mentors. Right. Yeah. So it's the same format. Right. And it's like the simple, like you can get real fancy or you can get real basic. And I remember being in PT school, everyone hammering on the, like, be really good at the basics. But when you're in PT school, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But show me the fancy stuff. And then all their professors are like, but be good at the basics. You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But show me the fancy stuff. And like the format for Tim's book and the format for this is basic. But that's how you get to the fancy stuff. Like you can't – the fancy stuff is just a bunch of basics piled on top of each other. There is no fancy stuff. It's all basic. And if you skip the basics, you just get crap. That's what that's what I think a lot of times it is. So I like the fact that you guys are like, what's this format? Well, we're going to compile, you know – what was it like Tim did like 15 questions or 12 questions. And then he, he asked them all the same thing and he didn't include all of the answers. Sometimes he was like, ah, this wasn't a good answer, but that's also a basic thing. Like don't include it just to include it. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the format for the book. If people haven't read it. And did you guys read that book or you just knew of it of, or I should say those two books from Tim Ferriss. No, we were both, uh, we were reading them uh, as, yeah, we, as we were going through residency, you know, we would read, uh, articles and, and research and stuff by by night uh, during the week and then on the weekends or whatever we would crack open uh, Tim's book and just pull pull you know random life hacks out of it and stuff right so I never read that book cover to cover that was one where I would literally just be like ah I need like 15 minutes to kill and I would find a, an interview because it, it's not written front to back it's just a bunch of interviews which is kind of cool right yeah. and i would just find one and be like i don't know what i'm looking for right now but ooh, this looks cool and then i'd read that whole interview and then i just dog ear it to be like okay this one's checked off but i still haven't read all of it but it's not i don't think it's meant to be read like that is your book similar it's like we're here when you need something yeah yeah definitely it's one of those things that uh i think one of the benefits is we don't have time to read i don't have time to read i can right. just do an audiobook Right, and I, I can't even finish an audiobook. And so, one of the benefits is you could pick up Tim Flynn's chapter and crush it, or you could just read his favorite failure, or you could pick up John Childs's chapter and read about what does he perceive as good advice within the profession. And you could read it chapter by chapter and make it all the way through the book, or you could use that as an encyclopedia. Yeah, Jimmy, this Tim says he doesn't read; he doesn't have time to read. I used to sleep on Tim's couch or bring a blow up mattress during residency uh, because I was living and working in Utica at the time. I did an external residency, but I would travel to Ithaca for these courses on the weekends and I would crash on Tim's floor, literally. And uh, and rather than like watching TV while eating like breakfast, like normal people do or listening to music, whatever, Tim had like what? 30 books laying around your your kitchen table every morning and probably digested at least like 50 books that that I I need to, I need to rebuttal this. I, I got screwed out of my internet services and time Warner cable. And so to sort of shaft them, I said, I'm not going to get internet at my, my apartment complex and I'm getting rid of my, uh, (laughs) my cable as well. And so I just read for about six months. (laughs) So now if you came to my house, there's no books, there's Netflix everywhere. Um, And so I've definitely downgraded my intellectual prowess. Well, I mean, I read a lot more pre like ironically when I had all this downtime to read, like, you know, I don't know if you guys are aware there was a pandemic going on and still going on for the last two years. But when I was traveling, I was reading a ton more because you're in an airport. What's there to do? Nothing read. I'm on an airplane. What's there to do? Nothing read. I've got a time to kill. But 
when you seek it out, right, when you leave books around, like quite literally in your way, like a bowl of fruit, they've done studies where like, if you leave the bowl of fruit, people will shockingly eat fruit more because it's right in front of them. So I started strategically doing that, like not putting books on a bookshelf, but leave them around. I feel like movers and mentors is kind of like that thing where it's like, leave it there. And if you have five or 55 minutes, you can dive in and you can nibble or you can just jump in. Yeah, it's been a pretty cool experience since we, uh, we published this uh, and just getting feedback from students and young professionals on, you know, then kind of some of them are kind of starting from the front and working their way to the back. But more often than not, people are kind of picking and choosing like you did. You said you did, Jimmy, with Tim's book. And then we, we see them highlighting and writing and circling things. And that's been that's been a pretty cool experience to, to see that, you know, like some are using it first thing in the morning, like to kind of get in the right mindset for the day, like, to you know, so uh, a lot of the, the questions that we asked are more um, kind of more personal rather than, although there's a lot of professional um, guidance in here as well, but like, what's your favorite failure? Um, what's good advice that you hear? What are some of your best investments? Um, a lot of them are, you know, agnostic to any specific PT specialty or, or I like that one. I like that one. It's like, what is the best purchase under a hundred dollars in the last year that whatever? Cause it's like, it's not showing off, right? It's a hundred bucks. Right. But it's like, what got the, what's the best juice versus squeeze for a hundred bucks. And yeah. most, and whenever the answer, it was never anything you'd think like, it'd be like, you're talking to like, you know, Brene Brown, it'll be like, I got this. And you're like, oh yeah, no, that's important to have that. <laughs> I, I told people it's, it's the thing that's holding up my laptop. I have this thing that yeah. folds up to like really thin and it folds out and snaps up and it holds my laptop up like a book. Mm -hmm. So I can kind of look and people are like, why is that good? And I'm like, it puts it at eye level and it, I have better posture. And for $15, my neck's worth it. People are like, oh, do you have the link for that? I'm like, I do have the link. For, I should have the link. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the questions, right? Like, so we're, 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 we're setting the stage for like what Movers and Mentors is. And that's why I, I didn't want to just jump into like, what's the best quote you had in there? Because I want people to understand what they're getting here. So it's not a story. I feel like you're getting insight and there's probably many stories in each chapter, right? People dig in. So um, what were the, let's start with the questions, just the questions. Then we'll get into some of the interesting answers. Yeah, Tim, you can start and I'll fill in, fill in the blanks. Yeah, so like Brian said, we, we sort of tried to ask a wide breadth of questions because you can go online right now and you can Google what are the top three back exercises? What are um, the best things to do if you have a cervical radiculopathy? And we don't necessarily need to continue to provide content on that because I feel like our young graduates and our current students are inundated with so many resources in terms of just trying to figure out how to do clinical work. And so when Brian sort of broached this idea, we were thinking, well, what sort of life advice could we provide these life students? Advice. Because at the time, Brian's taking on a role as a residency director at the University of Rochester. I'm sort of stepping into academia and trying to mold the minds of uh, the students of today and leaders of tomorrow. So um, we both don't have any life experience. We're 25 years old. And so we've been practicing for a couple of years, right? So we have our own experiences, but at the same time, we're wondering what some of our PT heroes would be answering to the questions that we're getting from the current students and residents that we're trying to mentor. Right. And so things that we wanted to know were, one, if you do read, what are the books that you're, you're reading? That's kind what of a you, Tim Ferriss. What are you consuming? What are you consuming? What's exactly. worth your time? That's a good question. Right. And so what's cool is that we see some common books that are mentioned across, uh, across the spectrum. We wanted to know what is good advice that you hear within the profession. And at the same time, what is bad advice that you hear? Within I love, I love similarities and differences. I love good and bad. I love, I love big and small and opposite questions. So I love that one too. And what's great about that is that we have the opportunity to hear from a researcher, what they think is bad advice. And then we hear from a social media influencer, what they think is bad advice. And then you can sort of compare and contrast and try to figure out who is the optimal mentor for you, right? I, I sort of conceive this as like a, a Frankenstein-esque mentor where you're taking bits and pieces from 75 different people. But what you did was you went into that and you said, we're not going to solve any of your problems, but we're going to give you a bunch of advice from people who figured out how to solve their own problems. Sure. And whatever you are, whatever you gravitate towards, that's probably what you should do. Like, like, listen, people who are successful and this probably came up, right? Like the Stanley Paris's of the world or the John Childs of the world, like, 
they would probably be successful no matter what they did, right? And I'm not trying to pat Stanley on the back. Believe me, like we pat Stanley on the back enough. I love Stanley. I love you, Stanley. He's not watching this. He's still on a boat somewhere. But like <laughs> Stanley halfway around the world. No, yeah, not to inflate Stanley's ego or anything like that, but like, dude just got a motor. Like, why was he successful? Like, yeah, he's smart, but like, why is he smart? Because he's got a motor. And he was like, well, if I want to be successful at this thing I want to do, which is like swimming the English Channel or like starting my own university. And then like, like, that's crazy. It's like, yeah, he got a motor. But people want to know, like, how'd you get like that? Like born? Like this is like nature or nurture? Because if it's just nature or which is if it's just I'm born with it and I can't learn it, if it's just talent and not skill, well, then I'm screwed. Right. Well, no. And then that's what you start to find out is like you can set yourself up for success, but it's not like it's not stepwise. Right. This is more like we're not going to give you the answer. We're not going to give you a fish. We're going to teach you how to fish. We're going to show you how I fish. And maybe that's how you want to fish. I don't know, because there's no it all depends. Right? It all comes back to sure. <laughs> all right. so I cut you off. So it was no, um, it's fine. Best and worst advice. I love that. What books are you reading? What else? One of my favorite questions involved failure because I think okay. that's one of those things that from a societal standpoint, we try to uh, highlight our successes. Yeah, everything's what can oh. I post what what can I put on my refrigerator? Because I got an right. A plus on this, but I'm not highlighting the fact that it took me three tries in order to get that A plus. Um, and so we highlight uh failures and trying to normalize failure. We also talk about when you lose focus, what do you do to try to you regain do. focus? Like step one, I've learned is recognize you have no focus. Like that's actually a that was that became a superpower of mine for a while, which is like you haven't accomplished anything in like a few hours or a few days. Like why? Oh, I'm super distracted because I'm avoiding this one task. So I'm not doing a million other tasks. I'm sort of doing those because I'm avoiding this one thing that I want to do. Um, you talk about um uh failure. I heard great advice and I can't remember who it was, but they're like um, decide on how many innings are in this game in baseball. There are nine. And when the ninth inning is over, you're done. That's not life. You can just get to be like, Hey, I failed like nine times. I, I'm it's, it's 25, nothing in the bottom of the ninth. Now it's the 10th inning. It's like, this game has 25 innings. Like what? Like you can do that. You're like, I'm not done yet. Cause I'm, you know, like Rocky, like I didn't hear no bell. Like just keep going. Like have that, have that mentality. Is right? that the uh, infinite game? Is that infinite game? Oh, that's, uh, Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek. Yeah, that's, Simon yeah. Sinek. that's right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yep. Yeah. So it's like, oh shit, like that really resonated with me, which is like, just decide it's not over yet. Yeah. And because like, this comes up a lot, like you guys are talking about molding my, like, how old are you guys? 32. Uh, 31. Yeah. Okay. So like we hear a lot, like you don't have to have your everything done by 25 guys. Like 30 is not like, you don't like I'm 42. I'm still figuring this. I am winging this like crazy. I got some stuff figured out. But it's the it really is this ride. All right. So what else did you guys ask? Yeah. So we so we dive into the concept of when you're when you're losing your focus, what do you do to regain focus? Love that. We talk a little bit about um, unusual habits. Do you have anything sort of like anything that's like a quirky habit that sort of led to successes? I can answer that. And what Julia and Teo have heard me. So when I go to conferences, P, I am I have like seven motors on. I am doing 35 interviews and I'm shaking hands or kissing babies and shaking hands or shaking <laughs> babies and kissing hands. I'm doing it when I'm at CSM. And then I figured out, I stopped. I could not go to sleep at conferences like three in the morning. And then, of course, the next day I'm, I'm just like wrecked. And then I realized I was going from here to try to just be sleeping. And that doesn't work. Your brain... So I have this weird, I figured this out because you're staying in hotels. I go in the hotel bathroom. I turn on a hot shower. I turn off all the lights. Maybe, maybe I have like a, like a nightlight or something just to barely a light on. I take a hot shower in the dark. It's sensory deprivation. I am bringing my body. I'm like, okay, it's just white noise from the shower, warm water, no light or minimal light. And then I bring myself slowly down, but it took me like three CSMs feeling like absolute ass to figure out how come I can't sleep. And it's like, dude, you're going a hundred miles an hour to zero. Now baby, I sleep like a baby. Oh, uh, isn't it so gratifying when you figure that out? You though, you're like, Oh out. my God, finally. Yeah. Oh, I like, did it. I did it. <laughs> That's my weird. That would be my, if I was in the book, that would have been my answer. There you go. That's your superpower. All right. So I, we got to, we, I, I don't want to go any further. I need to know some of the answers. Let's get to some of the interesting answers. So you guys cherry pick what you want, like things that made you go, Hmm, or Whoa, or huh? like what, what, what jumps out at you? Um, and we will say the, the book is right now available on Amazon. We've got the links. 
If you're watching a live stream, the links are below. Dig into this. This is something you should have on your, leave it in your way. Trip over this. Like, again, don't sit down on the beach to read this cover to cover. I don't think anyway. I wouldn't. Leave it on the coffee table. Bump into this. Maybe bring it in the bathroom. Maybe you're in, maybe you're not eating enough fiber. I don't know. Maybe you're in the bathroom for a while. But like it's a thing where you you don't have to start and stop. This is like really this is like an appetizer. Maybe I shouldn't call it an appetizer and say bring it in the bathroom. But you get my idea. All right. I, so- I, had, I had one of my buddies, Jimmy, text me and say, uh, "This is the bath, the best bathroom read I've ever yeah, read." See? That's what it I mean. Literally, t- it literally takes me the time to 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 drop a deuce in order to read a chapter. So that should be on the book jacket. There you go. <laughs> that should be all right. So, give me some of the cool answers. What 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 made you go? Mm, what are you guys going to give away? Um, I think Tim and I probably both agree that the failure question was one of our one of our favorite questions. Just to, to that. hear that side of things. Um, so I won't steal any of Tim's because I know he's got a couple favorites on there. But mine, one of mine was uh, David Butler kind of explaining in a short condensed format the the genesis of the idea of uh, explain pain and how he came up with that. And it was so cool, you know, you can read it in the book, but basically he talks about a patient that he was seeing um, and he did a really, he had a little extra time. So he did a really thorough exam. Um, This was an initial evaluation, did a really thorough exam, um, found nothing wrong, structurally wrong with her back. Basically told her like, hey, you can go garden, do whatever you want to do. I'll work up a program for you. And she never came back. And this was his favorite favorite failure, um, you know, a patient that doesn't come back after the the initial exam that never feels great. Um, But then he called her uh, several months later and uh and she said no you you told me about my pain you talked to me a little bit about what, what pain is and you told me i could go garden which is my tonic of life uh i'm doing everything i want to i, I want to do you you know you fixed my pain and he was like this is several several years ago and uh and he thought about it and he was like yeah i think there's something to that that explain yeah. pain thing and so i love hearing about kind of the genesis of like these you know i mean explain pain is its entire kind of that was the spark that that started pain neuroscience education and pain sciences. So it was really interesting to hear that. And uh, otherwise, I never would have never would have known that. It's really cool. There's a great podcast. I mean, of course, that's what we do on podcasts. We talk about other podcasts, but NPR has a great podcast. It's about business, and I'm using air quotes for the podcaster uh, audience out there. It's about business, but it's not. It's about what you just talked about. It's about origin story. It's like mm-hmm. where was the minute when Newton got hit by the apple? Was it Archimedes or Euripides? One of those Greek guys who was like, he sat in the bathtub and the water spilled over and he was like, oh, it's displacement. And the (laughs) podcast I'm talking about is uh, NPR's How I Built This. And they'll take like a company and they'll do that. They'll go back to like, hey, it's, you know, Peloton. And how the hell did that happen? And they just go back. But they also talk about what we mentioned a minute ago, which is, hey, you could have sold out to Bowflex for 10 million at year two. Why'd you stick it out? Um, and and keep going or what was it it was like i had this gut feeling or i didn't whatever and it's like those are the nuggets you can't google those like Mm -hmm. those things you can't google that's what i think your book is you can't google you can't ask alexa for those for that advice exactly all right so what else tim what's what was something that jumped out at you i i think from an origin story standpoint the, the brian mulligan origin story in terms of mulligan mobilizations and so he goes and he um has this one uh young athlete trying to figure out what's going on with their finger and so he's pushing it one way and that hurts and pushes it the other way and that hurts and pushes it inward and then she's able to flex it instead and extend it and it didn't bother her and she's like that actually feels better and so yeah and so brian mulligan says in his in his chapter he's like well i asked my wife permission to go home and dream about this girl and uh what? And, yeah <laughs> And, and so then he he comes up with this concept about like resting position of joint surfaces and how we can potentially manipulate them through applying uh, sustained load. And so that was a, that was a cool origin story from that. But I think my favorite failure story, um, Jeff Moore. Uh, Jeff Moore was an awesome interview. Um, real energetic guy that he just brings such an intensity to his conversations. And he was talking about this concept of uh, what he referred to as a speed wobble. And so if you're riding your bike down a really, uh, really steep hill and you start going really, really fast, he's like that front tire starts just back and forth. And he's like, you're either going to be on the brink of greatness or you're going to have an epic failure and go head over handlebars. And he's like, I try to live my life on that brink of failure. And he's, and I think that can be applied in so many different spectrums, whether it's from an academic standpoint, whether it's from a training standpoint, whether it's applying load to our patients, where you're trying to say, well, if I'm kind of in my comfort zone, I'm never really going fast enough. 
and I'm probably not going to see adaptation. And the way that he just sort of alliterated that was uh, was really powerful. And I, that was probably one of my favorite answers. So, I love that. That makes me think of oh, – so go back to Mulligan. I had something I wanted to add to yeah. that. When I get stuck in stuff – and so Br- Mulligan and I don't work in the same arena, but we probably have a similar, like, approach, which is I get lock- I got locked on when I was back in radio and it was like – you got to write your 45th commercial of the month. And I'm like, how the hell do you do a new thing the 45 times a month, right? And I remember this old crusty radio guy was like, listen, man, it's two things. It's old ideas and new combinations or new ideas and old combinations. Like, that's it. It's new things in old ways or old things in new ways. And I was like, that's not true. And he's like, literally think about it, like anything. And I was like, oh, damn. But he was just thinking of, so he's like, find out what works and do that. Find out a thing you know and do that. And then in terms of like, you know, Jeff and his speed wobble, I love that. Figure out figure out what your optimal speed is. Figure out how you get there. For me, I need people to talk to. Like I work from home. Like I work from home, but virtually, right? So I realize when I'm stuck, I call someone. And I start rapidly being like, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Most of the time I'm on the phone with someone. They never speak. Cause I just talk over them. Cause I'm that I'm a bulldozer. Right. But what I'm doing is I need an audience. Cause I was, I had 15 years of radio where I talked to people. I was alone. I was, I used to, <laughs> I was, I was asked to speak at like a local school and they said, what, what intro do you want us to give you? You're a radio guy. I'm like, don't tell them anything. I want to shock them. So I walked in the room and they said, and they, and I walked into the microphone and I said, I want you to try to figure out why I'm here. I spend I spend all my day in a padded room by myself talking to people I can't see. And they were like, you're insane. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm a radio DJ. That's what we do. We're in a padded room all day talking to people we can't see. We assume are there. But that's what I needed to do is like when I'm stuck, I need people. But I only learned that when someone was like, well, where do you where do you where are you the most you? I'm like around people. They're like, but you're you work from home. So maybe you need to call people or go to people or go work in a coffee shop. So it's these little like these little stories, they're hugely valuable. Like the little things that you pick up, man, they can get a lot of good, like a lot of good mileage, a lot of ROI. Yeah. We a couple uh other failures. I won't give the names away, but some names, if I mentioned them, you would they would definitely ring a bell. Like failed their final clinical, failed uh their NPTE, uh, their exam. Yeah. And it's just and it, it's amazing. And you see how they persevered either, you know, they persevered and kind of muscled through it or it sent them on a different trajectory, a different yep. track. Uh, and it, it's, it's so cool to hear that. And I mean, it's, it's good to hear that. I think for, for students and young professionals, just to, you know, I think there's some comfort in that. Well, when you fail something, like think about that, like I'm going to, I'm going to pause for a dramatic effect, but I actually want the audience listening now to like, cause we've all failed something. Like, first of all, we've all failed things right the first thing that comes to my gut is first of all you get a rock in your stomach and you're like oh my god and then you you like kind of like look around like you look at your pay and you put it down like you immediately do not want anybody to know that you just failed it is a very alone feeling and when someone else talks about failure it's like oh i'm not alone it's me and you and then when more people talk about oh it's not just me and you it's me and you and them and that's the thing, man. Like we know the only way to get anywhere is to reach a little bit further than your grasp and then fail and figure out why didn't I, why did I miss that? And then do that. It's the people that do that who are okay with that. But I think we can, we can all be as a society better and more. Okay. If we talk about how failure, you know, first attempt in learning or whatever, like make an acronym out of it. That's cool. But like, Hey man, everybody fails. I have fallen flat on my face a gajillion times. How many times have we, I'm looking at Teo and Juliet right now. How many times have we done an episode where we stop and I'm like, I was, that was ass. I was not this episode. (laughs) This one's great. But like when we wrapped and like, what was I thinking? Like I had nowhere, I didn't know what to do. What was I supposed to do? And you just keep moving. I, I don't, I used to love fake it till you make it. And now I don't. Somebody had a saying when they were like, don't just own failing, like fail it until you make it. And I was like, oh, I like that better. Like, I'm not pretending. I am crappy at a lot of things. I will own that. Tomorrow, my goal is to be less crappy than I am today. That's progress. <laughs> that's a growth mindset right there, Jim. If, hey. I've ever, if I've ever heard one. Yeah. No, that's, that's what it's all about. I mean, really, you're not going to come out of school. I think, you know, you can, 
you've talked to so many people, Jimmy, you can probably comment on this. Just coming out of school, you, you think you're, you're all geared up, like you're ready to go. You have all your education, but it doesn't stop there. It's not even close. You know, you're just getting started. This you're is where first couple steps of a, a thousand mile race, you know, and it's, I think uh, there, there's kind of high expectations coming out of the, the gate like that. And it's just comforting to hear a lot of the, the individuals we interviewed say that, listen, and don't only. worry. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to fail. It's going to be okay. Like just put one foot in front of the other and, and have a growth mindset. Ultimately was kind of the, the outcome of a lot of those. I hated the CPI, but the one thing that now that we're talking is like, What's the best thing you can get on the CPI? What's the best grade? Teo, Juliet, what's the best thing? Entry level. And I used to be, I was so confused because I was a second career professional. And I was like, I don't, like the best thing I can get is entry level. Like how come I can't get a hundred or like A or excellent? Where you, the goal of PT school is to get you to the profession. Uh-huh. You're learning to then go out and learn more. So your goal is to be entry level. It sounds like, oh, I'm the best I can be is entry level. That Because you're taking a bunch of kids who went to school for a gajillion years and have done well, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't be in PT school. And you're saying the best you can be is entry level. It sounds like whatever. Entry level means like, welcome. Welcome to Disney. Here's the park. Go explore. You can enter. You are at level of entry. But it, it sounded like at first, like, you're basic, bro. You're not even that good. Now I look back, I go, I like that. I'm, I'm entry level. Like I've done 900 podcasts. I still consider myself like maybe like a little bit like a past entry level, but like, I don't know, man, not much because I keep looking like the, you know, that's that whole, like the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. You're like, Oh crap. I got to keep going. Like, yeah. That's, and if you don't like the journey, I'm, I got bad news for you, man. Like there you go. this is the rainbow. Like we're on it. That's why I like books like this. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, Interesting. And we also noticed a few different kind of camps or positions within the book. So um, you just mentioned kind of coming out, I, I just thought of the word generalist, you know, we're kind of trained to be a generalist, see, see everything, not, you know, cause no harm. Um, and uh, some of our, our guests said, come out, see everything you can, you know, see every type of patient you can um, take a bunch of different continuing education. Kelly Starrett says, become a savage generalist, which is just a total Mm -hmm. Kelly thing to say. Yeah, of course. Um, But then we had different other camps of like Mike Reinold and um, uh, Kevin Wilk who were like, if you know what you want to do and you love it, like dive in, you know, jump in, go for it, learn as much about that subject, go, go narrow, go deep, um, you know, as, as much as you can. And so it was interesting. And I think it comes back to what we were saying in the beginning, just like, you know, you can read this book and you can align with so many different personalities or individuals or people in different areas of practice. Um, and not, they're all successful, you know, depending on your, your definition of success. But I think we can all agree that everyone we interviewed, you know, Tim is, is successful. So it's cool that you can kind of, you know, pick and choose like that. I love that question. Like, what is your, how will we know when we've arrived at success? When I do marketing stuff with big and small companies, I'm like, you guys are paying me because people don't like to pay for communications. They're like, I could do it. I'll just Google it. And I'm like, okay, then do it. Ha- launch your own podcast. It's super easy. Like get to 4 million downloads. Like good luck. So I'll say like, how do you know, how are you going to know when we've achieved a success when everyone knows about us? I'm like, well, we're not Oprah and you're not Amazon. So I got news for you. We ain't going to get everybody. So let's, let's be really focused. So like define your own success. I remember standing on the golf course uh, six months after I graduated from, no, like three months after I graduated from college and I still didn't have a radio job. Dude, I did an internship with Howard Stern. Like that's a pretty heavy, like K-Rock, like where Howard Stern was. That's a pretty heavy like thing to have on your resume. And I still didn't have a job. And my roommate from college was like, Hey, and he was like an accounting major, right? Like knew he was going to get a job. Didn't really matter where. Cause he's like, I love spreadsheets. And I was like, I would rather be th- like, like just set on fire and living <laughs> spreadsheets. And I remember we were playing golf and I had to like, I think I had to have him pay for me. Cause I was like, I ain't got no money. Cause I haven't had a job yet. And I remember him saying like, so like what's plan B. And I literally was confused by the question. I was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the left of that tree and try to miss that bunker. He's like, no, with your life. And I'm like, I'm going to be a radio DJ. And he's like, it's been three months. And I, I it was the first time I had actually considered, Oh, like maybe, I'm like, oh, I don't think you understand. I'm doing this. 
if it's three months, three years, three decades, like I'm getting it done. Like I'll just go. I tell people all the time, I'll just eat shit until I do it. That's like a Gary V quote. He's like, just eat it until you get it. Right. So just earn it. Just keep digging. Right. Like one of my favorite movies is Shawshank Redemption. And that great line, it's like Andy Dufresne, you know, crawled through a mile of shit and came out clean on the other side. It's like Andy Dufresne in that movie decided I am not dying here. And then he got to planning because hope ain't a plan. You know, like he was framed for murder. And it's like, if you want to die here, just shut up and eat it. And he's like, nope, I'm going to dig. And he dug. God, I love I, that movie. I just finished a book called uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a... Oh, yeah, Manson? I'm not, not sure what we can say Manson. on here. But yeah, yeah, you know the, you know the ending. Yeah. Podcast. Uh, not Giving a Fuck uh, by Mark Manson. Yeah, and in that, if you've read it, Jimmy, he uh, uh, he talks about, you know, every job or every situation has its pros and cons. And really what you need to decide is not, you know, what are all the pros kind of swaying my decision, but what kind of shit sandwich am I willing to What do I got to eat to get what this? What do I got to eat at the end of the day, you know? And what what pros are going to outweigh the size of that shit sandwich? Yep. Dude. That, that's so true. Interviewing Foo Fighters is a pretty good day in my radio career. Like, that was a day I still have the picture on my phone, me and Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins and Chris Shiflett and just hanging out. Do you know how many crappy gigs I had to do? Like how many t-shirts I had to hand out? How many times I had to dress as a radio station mascot in 99 degree heat in the sun? I was Wigney the lion for an entire summer. And that is great in theory, but not even in theory. It sucked. So yeah, you got to eat a lot of shit and dress like a mascots and sit in the back of like, like moving vans with like, like dangerous stuff we did in radio. And like you do enough of those, but all people are like, oh man, Jimmy just shows up and he interviews Foo Fighters like, yo, like, yo. <laughs> they don't see the, yeah. They don't see under the surface, right? That duck analogy is like, you don't see how many shit sandwiches I ate and smiled while I ate them until we got here. But then you just decide, right? Like, how do I make, how do you make it applicable to the people that want to read your book? It's like, decide what your Foo Fighter interview is or decide what launching your own company would feel like or what's your practice. And then that's it. It's two points. It's where I am. And when you've designed, defined success, where I want to go, there's a straight line. Figure out what's in between and start digging. Yeah, Jimmy, uh, Mike Reinald had a really good quote sort of a, going along these lines. And he said, um, one of the things that he always tries to talk about to his students and new graduates is to become an expert, you have to go through four specific phases. Okay. Right? You can't jump these phases. The first one is to acquire knowledge. The second one is to develop skill. The third one is gain clinical experience. And the fourth is to have judgment. And he said, until you have judgment, you can't be an expert because a lot of people try to do the fake it till you make it thing. But you, until you have those four things, it's really hard because you come out of PT school and you graduate with a lot of knowledge, but you have poor clinical skills and you have absolutely no experience. And so if you're a student or a young professional, his big point was that you need to know that you're not behind. You're just walking in the footsteps of everybody that have paved the way before you. You, you can't have five years experience in a year. Right. That's just like, that's it. Right. And, 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 and I, I did love this. I forget who said this or where I heard it, which is like, you can be at a job for 10 years. You can have you can have one year experience 10 times if you're not challenged. So you could be at a job for 10 years, but it's easy. So you're not challenged. So you have one year experience 10 times. So, so go through those phases again, gaining knowledge. You have to gain knowledge. So stop there. That is the basics book knowledge. You have to earn that. That is push-ups. Like you have to do the push-ups. You can find that information. This is, these are Googleable. Like I like how Mike's things are like simple, to like advance. All right. So gaining knowledge. Good. That's the basics. Keep going. Develop skill. You have to figure out, you have to have all the elements and now you got to start putting them together. It's like, Ooh, these two don't work. These two don't work. Oh, look at this. Okay. Third. Gain clinical experience. Great. I've seen enough to see when I put these two things together, when it's going to work and what, or, sorry, what, what works and what doesn't. Cause then judgment is when to use the thing that works and when not to use the thing that won't work. Exactly. Cause is, when he says have judgment, then he used an example, those last uh, three total knee patients that I had, they got tightened to flexion when I didn't move them fast enough. I'm going to move them quicker next time, but we don't know that until you actually experience 
and you go through those steps. And so I think that's where we have all these kids that are coming out and I think they're getting a little bit of um, imposter syndrome, right? They're, they're looking at somebody that's got 5,000 followers on Instagram and putting right. out all this content. And they're like, well, I don't even know, I don't even know how to make any a reel on Instagram, right? And so they're putting out all this content. How do they have all this experience yet? Well, they really don't have this experience yet and you're not necessarily behind. It's gonna take you time to get your reps. And when you get your reps, you're gonna be able to make judgment. From making that judgment, then you're gonna be able to help Correct. the masses. Yeah. This is also like this is also like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take some of the blame off of like students and their imposter syndrome. And I'm gonna put it on the educational system in a certain way. Because every year we went to school from kindergarten to first grade, to second grade, to third grade, to fourth grade, to fifth grade. There was always a thing. Like progress was linear. Every year I went, I got one year older and I went one grade higher, right? So progress was linear. And then you get to like PT school, you graduate and it's like, okay, now you need to have experience to get judgment. And that is not linear. I'm sorry, it's not. Like you can, you know, you're gonna learn fifth grade math and sixth grade math and seventh grade math and eighth grade math. I'm very sorry. That's not how it works in the world, though. Like, it's just not like you have to show up and fail. But in school, you show you have to show up and pass. In real world, you have to show up and fail to get better. And that's a lesson that school didn't teach me. Like, I didn't learn it. School is it's not at fault. But like how it's set up every year you show up. I'm one year older. I'm one grade higher that I am going to continue to progress in a linear fashion forever. I'm sorry, but no, that's not how it works. But these lessons, without them, you will think you're a failure, right? Judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, and it'll think it's a failure. But put that fish in water, and oh boy! So it's like find your pond, and then yeah. you'll you'll swim. Kieran O'Sullivan um, has a has a really good quote where he says, um, "Find work, but more particularly people who maintain your uh, curiosity and enthusiasm." Oh. And I think that's huge, right? I think there's so, so much to be said for staying curious, asking questions, and being genuinely engaged. I think it's just when you get bored and you get stale oh that you kind of the, the wheels fall off, right? And we've all we've all been there, but you know, I think if you're around people, what, what is that quote? You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, or something. Yep. Um, I mean, if you put that in your work context, if you're surrounded by five coworkers who are equally engaged and like enthusiastic and want to learn and do better by their patients as you are, uh, that's a that's a, a great environment, you know. And you'll, you'll you can't lose that. like because if they're good people and they'll they're willing to like see themselves in you, they won't let you fail. Yeah. I see what you're doing here. I see where you're going to step in that pothole I stepped in 20 years ago or 15 years ago. Okay, don't here's what I think you're thinking. Like people who can teach you, or because I always say my professor, Sky Donovan, was the worst professor ever. Because she never gave me an answer. Every time I asked her a question, she gave me another question. I was like, just <laughs> or it, depends. it depends. It depends. <laughs> time. She never gave me the damn answer. But it's because she knew that eventually I would she wouldn't be next to me and I'd have to figure it out for my damn self. So I would hear her voice in my head, like, well, what well, what do you what do you think you should do in this situation? And have those people around you, formally or informally, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. But if I'm telling you, like, and this is we've done episodes on this, if one place is gonna pay you like 20 grand more than another place, they're they're getting it out of you, right? Like, so it's like ask those who am I gonna be like going to lunch with every day? Like, how long has that person been here? Are they salty? Like, do they hate life? Like, try to figure it out. Like, be like, you lean into your your job interview. This is not a beauty pageant. You're not trying to win the job. You're in, you are at, you are asking and learning about them as much as they are asking and learning about you, or you should be anyway. Right. So I like that mentality because I think you're right. Like, Brian, like the more people that the people you're going to be around, will determine if I, if my five best friends from high school were different, I'd be a different person. Like I owe those guys a lot and they owe me a little bit, but not, not much, but I owe them a lot. I'm not going to tell them that though. (laughs) All right. So is there anything else before, like what's, what's your final, um, what would you, we'll we'll do a parting shot, but what's, is there anything about the book that you'd want to mention that I didn't ask? I mean, I think we covered a lot of the, of the main themes. I, I'm excited to hear what what people think. I mean, we have been right along, you know, as they as they read it, what uh, interviews really jump out at them, um, what kind of like resonates resonates with them, and then also 
what questions they would want to know that we didn't ask. Uh, yes. There's a couple, couple topics. We mentioned imposter syndrome earlier. I can almost guarantee that I'm sure all of our guests uh, felt that at some point or another, uh, perhaps after failure or maybe not. Um, but that would be a question that we would want to ask. Uh, and then burnout is another kind of big topic just with, you know, that thing going on right now that we're still hopefully knock on wood at the tail end of yeah. uh, a lot of people are feeling it. So that would be another question that we want to ask, but if there's others, you know, we'd, we'd love to hear from guests. Anything from Tim? No, I mean, I think one of the, the beauties of the book and one of the uh, most exciting things for the project was just the opportunity to talk to all these people. Right. Yeah. I, I, I think we, yeah. uh, you talk about transitioning from a PT career to being an author right? Never did we ever study how to do this in PT school. No. At the same time, never did I think I'd have an opportunity to sit down with Peter O'Sullivan for an hour and a half and just talk shop. Mm -hmm. That was super sick, right? I mean, it's one of those things that having the opportunity to search out the mentorship that you're looking for um, was one of the goals that Brian and I were able to achieve for ourselves, selfishly. Oh, we, were able, we were able to get countless years of knowledge in this book just through going through this experience. And so hopefully we have the opportunity to uh, have an interview or two that speaks to uh, the people that are reading the book. I had a, a classmate from PT school, I will not say her name, but I think I made her head actually explode because I started the, P the podcast when I was a second year student and we were in our third year of PT school. And I'm telling you, we had some podcast success. We had some downloads. None of them were for my classmates. They could care, they could not have cared less that I had a podcast. They were like, whatever. But one girl walked in one day and was like, I listened, I actually, I found your podcast online, I listened to it, and it was actually good. And I was like, why did you say actually? What? That's a bad compliment. <laughs> and then she, and then I proceeded to have a conversation with her. I was like, yeah, I did an episode, like it's coming out tomorrow or next week, where the paper for the class we were in, it was a neuro paper. I had read about vestibular and concussion. I was just really into that at the time. And I, and I was like, yeah, I called this professor. Her name's Becky bliss. And she's like super knowledgeable in this. And I talked to her for like an hour and like, essentially my paper's done. Like I just had to organize it because she gave me all the references. She gave me a Google drive full of research. She told me what was important. And that we struck, we literally had a podcast interview about writing my paper. All I gotta do is type it up. And she was like, that's not, you can't do that. And I was like, Oh, yes. I'm like, yes, you have to do that. Like people can be a resource. You don't have to just Google stuff. People are a better resource because they give you context because they have judgment and you, it's sometimes when you read something, it's just flat. But when you hear a story like your book or have a conversation, it's deep. It's got a third dimension. It's got depth. And I remember she was, you know, I'm not going to, you know, she went straight through school, so she didn't necessarily have that life experience. So I was like, if it if just because it ain't on the syllabus doesn't mean I can't do it, right? So I was like, yeah, I cheated. I asked a human about who was super smart on the topic I was writing a paper about. That's the point. The point was to get me to know about vestibular and concussion. I just found a faster way and a more fun way to do it. And I was drinking while I did it, so it's even better. <laughs> All right. Uh, movers, and <laughs> movers and mentors uh, available right now. That does not look like a good. That's that link will get you there though. The link is in the show notes. It's in the uh, it's in the uh, the comments below if you're watching a live stream. Moviesandmentors.com as well. Uh, are you guys ready to do? I'm gonna I'm gonna flip and we're gonna ask you three questions now. Are you ready for that? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, three questions brought to you by our friends from MW Therapy. Those one size uh, fits all EMRs suck. They just do. And they waste your time, and time is money. Uh, time for something better. Time for time for something customizable. That's where MW Therapy comes in. Take a demo now at mwtherapy.com, where switching your EMR is easy. They'll even let you do a test drive because, like, switching over is like a pain. Don't worry about it. They got it figured. Uh, mwtherapy.com. All right. So um, I'm switching up three questions. I've got to. I've got. I've got you two guys who've written books where you interview people with set questions. So I'm gonna change up my normal three questions. First, we'll go Brian and then we'll go Tim. Brian, who is someone the audience should follow in your opinion? Who is someone that the audience like needs to follow and and learn from? Could be from your book, doesn't have to be. Uh, from our book, um, I think, Peter O'Sullivan has had one of the greatest impacts on 
uh, my personal practice and just my thought process when I'm working with humans. Uh, so I think following Peter O'Sullivan and looking at his uh, research that he's done and also just following him on Twitter and, and whatnot would be a, a good decision. All right, Tim, who's someone in the audience should definitely follow to learn more? I would say, because Peter O'Sullivan was mine, you bastard. <laughs> I, I would say, uh, I, I remember being a PT student and seeing what Jared Hall was doing. Yeah. And right. thinking like, man, this guy, this kid's like doing stuff and continues to put out awesome content. And I think, uh, I think he's hitting the nail right in the head. So I would say, if you're not following Jared Hall, I think he's got some good stuff to say. He and Mark Cardula doing stuff with, uh, yeah. you know, paint science. Uh, awesome. Yeah. And if you, if you take a look at their, uh, their podcast stuff, I helped them launch that. We did their graphic, my, my graphic designer helped them with that. All right. Second question. What's something the audience, what's something the audience is that they're going to get out of your book. That's a nugget. Like what, why, why do they need to read movers and mentors? Like what's the, what's the gem that they're going to find somewhere buried in the sand? Uh, at the end of the day, I think you really need to find something that brings you, uh, well, I'm going to back up, uh, define your values. I think that was a big theme. I think if you know your values, uh, it makes future decisions, especially if it's like a fork in the road, a lot easier. Yep. Uh, and then just to piggyback off of that, if you can find something um, that brings you joy, even little bits of joy, uh, try to do more of those things throughout the day um, and just kind of uh, as a, as a whole, we have macro joy moments like holidays and going out with friends. But if you can find more micro, micro joy moments from the day to day, you could be a lot happier. Agreed. All right, Tim, what do you got for that? I think, uh, we're in an awesome profession. I think we have the opportunity to change a lot of people's lives. And I think we need to sort of reignite that fire at times in terms of what brings us that happiness about why did we want to become a PT at first? Why do we want to go to PT school? And I think the book has the opportunity to ignite some of that fire again. If you're feeling stagnant in the profession, if you feel like you're not being challenged, if you feel like you're not going to continue education, COVID sort of threw you a curveball and you're sort of just sort of stuck and trying to find your why, this might give you the opportunity to search for your why. Love it. All right. Final question on three questions. Uh, why should someone really, why should someone buy the book right now? Like one sentence, like give them one, like your one sentence, like pitch. Not even an elevator pitch, like an escalator pitch. It's even shorter than the elevator ride. Um, there's nothing I'll really else it. like I'll, it out I'll, there. Yeah. There's nothing else like it out there. All right, Tim, where you go? 15 bucks for over probably 500 years of clinical experience. That's way better. There is Tim Ferriss' stuff that we talked about earlier, but nothing in PT, I should say. I love it. All right, last thing we do on the show is the parting shot. Parting Shot is brought to you by the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. Independent study courses. Uh, they've got a lot coming out as long as as well as CPGs, clinical practice guidelines. They are the leaders in orthopedic uh, practice. It's in the name, people. The Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Check out current concepts of orthopedic PT at orthopt.org. All right, parting shot. We'll go Brian and Tim. Just last thing, la mic drop moment or last thing you want to leave with the audience? Uh, we're excited to, to have put this book out. Um, we, uh, we're looking forward to hearing what people people think about it. And stay tuned for the future. Tim and I have some ideas uh, in the works, perhaps one of these things, uh, one of these podcast things, and hopefully another book. So stay tuned. It's just a way to share good information. It's written. It's video. It's sound. Like, get good information and spread it. That's the good thing. Plus, plus cat videos and, and uh, TikTok dances. All right, Tim, what's your parting shot? Yeah, I would say um, we have an opportunity to really um, hopefully expand your knowledge and your breadth of mentorship within this book. And so if you haven't had the opportunity to get mentorship in your current job, you're looking to sort of gain some clinical advice, Movers and Mentors could be uh, hopefully your opportunity to get that. Website, moversandmentors.com. For Brian, Tim, guys, thanks so much for uh, for being on the show. We appreciate it. Thanks for writing the book. Thanks for doing, thanks for doing the heavy lifting of that many years of clinical experience in uh, for 15 bucks. It's our pleasure, yep. Jim. Jimmy, Hi. thanks. This is awesome, man. Well, cheers. The uh, best conversations happen at happy hour. Thanks for coming hours. Like what you hear? Tell a friend or leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. 
The show today is brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. The Brooks IHL offers seven on-site PT residencies, including orthopedics, women's health, geriatrics, pediatrics, sports, and neurology, as well as a neurologic OT fellowship, a competitive OMPT fellowship, and a speech therapy clinical fellowship. Therapists that complete a residency or fellowship through the Brooks IHL will markedly advance their knowledge and skills in a specialty area of practice. Learn more about how a residency or fellowship can help you advance your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. PTPinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at BuildPT.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.